Welcome to So Now What, a bi-weekly podcast of the ARRL, the National Association for Amateur Radio. Join hosts Michelle Patnode, W3 MVP, and Joe Karsha, NJ1Q, as they offer information, support, and encouragement for those starting their journey into the world of amateur radio. So Now What is brought to you by LDG Electronics. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art automatic antenna tuners and related products for every amateur need. Check them out at ldgelectronics.com. Asking questions. That's how you get the advice and insight you need to go from a new license holder to ham radio veteran. And the first question is, so now what? CQ, CQ, CQ. This is W3 MVP. Whiskey 3 Mike Victor Papa. Standing by. W3 MVP. This is NJ1Q. November Juliet 1 Quebec. Over. NJ1Q, this is W3 MVP. Thanks for coming back to my call. And thanks for coming back for another episode of So Now What? And thank you to everyone listening. So Now What? is a podcast for people who are relatively new to amateur radio and who are excited and curious to discover all that it has to offer. If you're wondering why we state specific words after our call sign, those are our standard phonetics, which can be found at www.arrl.org forward slash making dash your dash first dash contact. And you're probably wondering, why we would use phonetics? Well, it's quite simple. As you may know, many letters in the English language sound similar. Let's take Michelle's call, for example. The Whiskey 3, or the W3, we have Mike Victor Papa, MVP, which MVP, by the way, is Michelle's initials. Well, an M, if conditions are poor, may sound like an N. The letter V may sound like an E or a G or even the letter P. And the letter P could sound something other than itself, other than the letter P. And again, this normally happens when conditions are not that great. So the phonetics allow us to describe the actual letter. When you hear W3MVP, or in this example, Whiskey 3, Mike, Victor, Papa, you immediately relate to that and say, yes, the word Mike starts with M, the word Victor starts with the letter V, and Papa obviously starts with the letter P. So what we just did with calling CQ is basically calling all stations. Yes, this is the best way to let other hams know that you want to talk with them. The two letters, C and Q, are a shorthand for saying seek you, S-E-E-K-Y-O-U. But rather than saying S-E-E-K-Y-O-U or seek you or seeking you, we've just shortened it down to CQ. And it has such a nice rhythm on voice or even in CW that when you hear that on the air, you know that, oh, there's some ham out there that wants to talk and that'll be awesome. We've been emailed some questions, too, about overcoming being mic shy. And talk about mic shy. I was nervous recording this on the podcast. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah, a little bit. It's a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, Michelle, that's a very common feeling among all hymns, both old and new, especially if someone hasn't been there for a while. You know, sitting in front of that microphone for the first time can be a daunting experience. And everyone is nervous the first few times they get on the air. And it really doesn't matter. It Every single ham 
from the beginning of Hamville has been a little nervous. They, they don't know what to expect. Are they going to say it right? Are they going to say it wrong? While there isn't a necessarily right and wrong way to say it, you just kind of have to just go with it and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to take that step and I'm going to call CQ. But we all are nervous that very first time. And that's truly okay. You notice how I had some quick spaces between calling CQ and letting go of the PTT switch, which is the push to talk button? There's a reason for that. And Joe will explain. Thank you, Michelle. That is actually quite important to have these really quick pauses before you first depress the PTT or push a talk switch, and then waiting just a couple of split seconds before releasing that. And the reason for that is you want to ensure that the transmitter or transceiver or HT is fully engaged in its transmitting cycle before you start speaking. In addition, you want to ensure that you've actually said all that you're going to say, all the text, whether it be a CQ or you're engaged in conversation or anything like that. You want to make sure you get all that wording out before you release the PTT. And the reason for that is the kind of the same thing which goes with the transmitting. If you stop talking and immediately depress the PTT, depending upon the radio, chances are that a little bit of your audio might get clipped off. So, for example, we'll use your call, Michelle. Uh, you're calling CQ, and you're going to release the PTT right when you say the letter P, because sometimes it's just natural. People at the other end may hear W3 and the P, because you start to say the P, and you immediately release the PTT. And I've seen this at W1AW, and, and it, normally it's, it's newer hams who aren't quite sure of that whole transmit-receive cycle, that they'll start talking as soon as they depress the foot switch or the PTT switch, and they'll release it right as they're done talking. So just something to keep in the back of your mind, that you always just want to give it a, a, just a you know, half a second before releasing or depressing the PTT switch. For the context I've made, I found that a script is really helpful before you get on the air, just so that you know exactly what you're saying. Yes, Michelle. When you're just starting off, it's your first contact or maybe your second or your third. But if you're a little uncertain as to what you want to say, having a script can be rather helpful. Now, for those who have not gotten on the air yet and they're a little uncertain, write down a script. And there are some things you kind of want to get out of the way right away. First and foremost is a signal report. A signal report essentially is what makes a contact a contact. And we can probably talk about that in later episodes about what constitutes a contact. But getting the signal report out of the way, it's done. It's a, it's a cool contact. You may also want to tell them your name and where you're located. And of course, brag about the fact that this is your first contact. Be proud. Be proud that you got on the air and you took the step to depress that PTT switch. So if you have all the stuff written out ahead of you, sure, it may sound scripted, but once you keep talking and talking and you'll find that you eventually will not need the script anymore because it'll just come naturally to you. And that is the ultimate goal. 
And also there's so many different types of contacts depending on what you're doing with amateur radio and there's best practices for each type. And Joe, can you name some? There's a lot of different practices. And I think the very first one we should talk about is repeater use. Now, as a technician, newly licensed ham, your first attempt might be to go on two meters. And that's cool. That, that's, that's totally acceptable uh, if you're going to run on a repeater. Well, as Michelle demonstrated at the start of our podcast, she was calling CQ. That is a practice that you really do not want to do on a repeater. You don't want to depress it on your, your local repeater, your club's repeater, and start calling CQ. That is not a very good operating practice. If you happen to be on a repeater, the best way to do it would be something along these lines. This is NJ1Q, November Juliet 1, Quebec, listening on frequency, and then depress the, uh, the PTT switch. This way, you're telling hams on that repeater that you're available and you'd like to talk to somebody. So you don't really want to call CQ on a repeater. However, <laughs> you can call CQ, like Michelle did, if you're on HF or if you're on 2 meters or 6 meters on a non-repeater frequency. And there's, there's certain types of contacts. You have your casual contacts. You have your contesting context, which there is kind of a specific rhythm to them. You do have your special event operations. Now, of course, my favorite is, it's <laughs> because <laughs> it is, is operating W1AW and emergency communication, where within emergency communications, there is a specific format that you really should follow. Can you briefly discuss just the general way of how to go about each contact? For casual, that's what it is. You are casual. You're laid back. You're relaxed. You're just talking back and forth, asking the other ham what the weather is, what the equipment is, when they got into amateur radio. Again, it's just really casual. And you go back and forth, and you have a lot of fun with that because you never know. You may find that ham you're speaking with thousands of miles away might have similar interests. You never know. And the only way you're going to know is if you talk with them. Pen pals. RF pen pals. This is a registered trademark between Michelle and Joe. This just happened on So Now What? Back to you, Joe. <laughs> Thank you. So contesting is a little different. You really don't want to have casual conversations in contests because, well, it's a contest. The main goal of the contest is to try to work as many hams as you can in a specific length of time using different modes or different bands. So you will probably call CQ Contest, CQ Contest, and you can maybe say the name of the contest. Uh, if you're doing ARL International DX, you could say CQ ARL DX, CQ ARL DX. But there, it's, it's specific. So you got to kind of realize it, it's purely a contest. We do have the special events. And special events can be anything from a summits on the air operation or a national park on the air operation. We had the centennial operations a few years back where you wouldn't necessarily say CQ special event, but you may say something along the lines of CQ, CQ, CQ. This is NJ1Q operating from this summit. And you're hoping that hands will hear you because they also want to work that summit. 
and you'll come back and you'll have a short conversation, maybe tell them the summit number if it has one, or if you're operating at a world floor and fauna site. So that's, again, you can have a little bit of conversation, but it's, it's kind of specific. And you want to talk about W1AW now, don't you, Joe? Yes, I do, because that's my favorite conversation is W1AW. By the way, Joe is the W1AW station manager, for those of you that don't know. So that's why I love talking about operating at the station. Obviously, I love it when visitors have casual conversations when they're on the air. Now, when operating at W1AW, and this can kind of sort of go for other club stations. We, we are considered a club station. At W1AW, you would be using just the call sign W1AW. You would not use your call to make contacts or fix your call or anything like that. And that rule even applies to us staffers. We are not allowed to use our personal call signs at W1AW. But besides all that, when you're operating at W1AW, it's, it's cool and that you can and undoubtedly will generate a pileup. You will have a lot of hams coming back to your CQ simply because most hams do know who and what W1AW is. So they want to work the station. They want to get that QSL card to say, yes, I worked Maxim Memorial Station W1AW. And the logging, of course, is done electronically, so you just kind of tend to sit back and just make the contacts, type in the call sign and a true signal report. I always recommend that of my visitors. And hit enter, log that contact, and go on to the next one. Now, when you're logging contacts from W1AW or a special event station, do you use that station's call sign or do you use your personal call sign? At W1AW, you would be using just W1AW. So if I were to get on the air, I would say CQ, 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 this is W1AW, Whiskey 1, Alpha Whiskey, W1AW in Newington, Connecticut, calling CQ. And it may take a couple of minutes, but uh, once word gets out, people are tuning around and they say, oh, that sounds like W1AW. I want to make a contact with them. So it'll be W1AW, this is... NJ1Q, how copy, over, and then I would go back and forth and we'd have a nice conversation. The fun thing, or the issue, it depends upon your point of view, is that so many hams may want to come back, that's that pileup, that I may not be able to have a conversation with a lot of hams, and thankfully, most hams understand that. Most hams realize that there's so many other hams out there that want to work the station, that they, they can't stand by. But that doesn't mean that if you want to talk a little bit with that station, that's cool too. As I tell all my visitors, when you're here operating, it's not a contest, but you kind of have to weigh it up. And now a word from our sponsor. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art antenna tuners for every amateur need. From QRP to QRO, fixed stations, portable and remote, an LDG tuner will match your radio to your antenna using our lightning-fast, proprietary tuning algorithms. LDG is a family-owned and operated company dedicated to bringing innovative, quality products to the amateur market. All LDG products carry a full two-year warranty that is fully transferable. Support is only a phone call or email away. We're always here to help you. Visit us on the web at ldgelectronics.com. Welcome back to So Now What? Now for emergency communication, 
What are the best practices and how do you go about logging? That's a good question. With emergency communications, there is a specific format. And for logging, I would recommend, and some may differ on this, but uh, I would recommend keeping a log of everything that you do, of all call signs, anything that happens to be taking place within this emergency communications. Because there might be some information that if you didn't happen to log it, you might find out later on it was important. Now, let's take, for example, a hurricane response. You're on HF and you happen to be handling some traffic for someone and you decide, well, I'm just going to take the traffic, but I'm not going to take down any details. You're not going to take down call sign. You're not going to take down the time. You're not going to take down the frequency. I'll just take the traffic. Well, what happens if you suddenly find out that, oh my goodness, I needed to know what the frequency was. I needed to know who that sender was. So for emergency communications, there is a specific procedure you use, and it does vary depending upon the type of emergency communications. Is it traffic handling? Are you in a net? And you have to kind of go by what the net manager may say at the time. But on that, again, on that subject of logging, I would recommend try to keep as much information as you can and keep it separate and, and date stamp it. Even if you have to look at a clock and put the time on there because you never know when that information is going to be important. You don't necessarily want to engage in casual conversation. You clearly don't want to call CQ on top of a net that is involved in emergency communications because that can hamper communications that is a necessity. So when operating within emergency communications, you have to be a bit regimented. Now, if you're operating in different modes, such as FT8 or Morse code, what are the different ways on how to close a contact call? Do we always say 73, which, by the way, means greetings or goodbye? Yes, you can, because generally, once the ham on the other end hears that 73, that's a way of saying the, the contact is completed. If it's kind of like just saying goodbye. When you're talking with someone and you know you're going to be leaving the conversation, you say goodbye or see you later. So the 73 is another shortcut way of saying that. Now, you mentioned FT8, and we'll, we'll get into Morse code a little bit, but FT8 is a different duck in that the program, when you're running FT8, which you need a program to use, it's a WSJTX, the program itself generates and looks for the 73 in the transmitted text. If it doesn't see the 73, as far as it's concerned, the contact is still going. So the system is constantly transmitting, saying, okay, I'm waiting to hear that 73. If I don't hear the 73, I'm just going to keep transmitting the signal report over and over and over again until it times out. So for FT8 and other JT style modes, that 73 is actually kind of critical. Sure, you can force the contact to be logged and completed, but you want the program to kind of do it for you. Now, when we're speaking, just casual conversations, you're running phone or, or FM or anything like that, you could say 73, and that's the end of it. You can also do that in Morse code. Now, 73 is one of those numbers where after you've heard it for a while, especially in Morse code, it is, it's, it's easy to recognize. 
and I'm going to do my best. I don't have an oscillator, so I'll do my best uh, CW impersonation. So when you're talking using CW and you hear da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and you go, oh, that's 7-3. That must mean the contact is ended. Now, in Morse code, there are a few other ways you can end a contact. And for those who may run CW, they kind of understand what I'm saying. They may hear SK, da-da-da-da-da. Again, maybe Michelle in these, if we do CW in future episodes, we'll bring a code oscillator. To do oh, cool. This. It'll be a lot better. So they will hear da-da-da-da-da, and they go, okay, that means it's the end of the contact. Okay. Now, what some of us CW operators will also do is at the very end, we're sending the, we say 73, SK, and we'll also send a little dit dit just as a way of saying goodbye again and have fun. So that little dit dit at the end is just another little way of ending the contact or closing the contact. Cool. So there's definitely a bunch of ways to end the contact. Now, if you haven't already, try it. Try to make a contact and let us know how it went at sonawa at awrl.org. And if you had ways that you found worked for you, pass them along to us. And we may find that, oh, yeah, this is kind of a cool thing. Let's let our listeners know that if they don't know how they can end it, but this worked for this ham, here's another way they can try it. Thanks to everyone for listening to this episode of So Now What? Please come back for our next episode when we'll be talking about safety. Until next time on So Now What? And as always, you can go to www.awrl.org forward slash so dash now dash what, where you can also submit a question on our listener form. 73, everyone. So Now What? is a production of the AWRL the National Association for Amateur Radio, and is sponsored by LDG Electronics. LDG Electronics provides state-of-the-art automatic antenna tuners and related products for every amateur need. Check them out at ldgelectronics.com. For more information on amateur radio or the ARRL, visit us on the web at www.arrl.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for ARRL. If you have a question or comment for Joe or Michelle, email us at sonowwhat at awrl.org or use the form on our website, www.arrl.org forward slash sonowwhat. This program is copyright of the AWRL and any unauthorized redistribution or rebroadcast is prohibited. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to So Now What at Blueberry.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Sabrina Jackson, KC1JMW, Administrative Manager of Radio Sport at the AWRL. Thanks for listening.